Good morning. Thank you. You may have heard this is our last sermon here at Platt Park as pastors, and this is a unique moment. And so we're pretty excited about the amazing start here, and as we're stepping through this door of transition, um, we just are trusting God in all these new things. So we want to share with you this morning in part of this is the service of farewell and Godspeed for pastor and congregation. So that's a little bit of what we'll be doing, and there'll be a responsive part coming up to that. But perhaps you know, one of the main jobs as a pastor is to help people prepare to die and, in the meantime, live well. And in the last few weeks, I've had the opportunity to do a couple of funerals and have been face-to-face with that farewell time, right? And the important conversations that need to happen um, as a loved one is coming to the end. And of course, today is not a death. This is maybe an ending, it's a beginning, it's an adjustment to a new form of relationship, um, you know, where there's a new path forward, it's different. But um, there's maybe some similarities that are appropriate to this, and it comes from the service of farewell, that there's these themes, and from this, we have three phrases. So, we love you, please forgive us as we forgive you, and thank you. You know, as I have been with families, as they have been in the farewell moment with a loved one, to have those conversations, we love you, forgive me, thank you, those are the things that need to happen, and those are the important things. So that is what we want to do today. That's right. We love you, Platt Park Church. This is a super special place, and you are a super special group of people. You all have made a real impression on us and on our family. And we hold you all so very dear. And even though we will no longer be serving as your pastors, our love for you continues. And like I said a few weeks ago, life is not a problem to be solved. It's a story to be lived. And I'm in the middle of my story. You're in the middle of your story. Platt Park Church is in its unfolding story. And one thing I know is that a real important part of any story is the moments when you say goodbye. To say goodbye honestly and thoughtfully and from the heart and with love, that's a real important thing to do. In life, it's a real important thing to do in honoring relationships. And so we want to say goodbye well because we want to honor the relationship that we have shared with you. And that is what we started doing about a month ago and we want to continue doing with you here today. Just a quick note on logistics for clarity's sake. Um, This is our last sermon as your pastors. The elders have asked us to remain pastors here through the end of January 2024. And then after that, when you see us, it will either be as friends or as your former pastors or as the founding pastors of Platt Park Church. But our relationship will change. And we're naming that because we want to honor that going forward. 
the elders have graciously allowed us to take our time through the end of May and moving out of the parsonage where we've been living the last 11 years so that our kids can finish the school year in this neighborhood. So we may still bump into you in the neighborhood between now and then. And as we do, I hope that you will sense my love, my gratitude for you, and that even though I am no longer your pastor here, my calling before God is to serve God's kingdom, and that hasn't changed. We are still on the same team in God's big, wide kingdom, and I am still a passionate, devoted follower of Christ. I'm not leaving God. Tim's not leaving God. We're not disillusioned with our faith. Even though we will no longer be your pastor here, we will still be pastors at large in the world, um, and we will be people, more importantly, who will be cheering you on in your journey with Jesus from wherever God takes us next. Many of you have been asking us, like, what's next for the Gradis? And um, the truth is we don't know. We don't know yet. And our story will unfold, as all of our stories do, but I will be cheering on the people of Platte Park Church who find their way through those beautiful blue doors each week, no matter where God takes us. All right, enough on logistics. I've told you this before, but when I was a kid, we would drive like an hour to go see family for holidays, like Christmas. And when we would go, we would spend the day, we'd have dinner, we'd open gifts. And then before, when we were getting ready to leave, my mom would always be like, time to put on your sunglasses. And that was her cue to say, we're going to say goodbye and I'm going to cry. And uh, so she'd say, got to put on my sunglasses now. And... Um, I remember as a kid just how palpable the pain of departing was. It was real. And the reason was because the love was so great. Because of the love shared, it was sad to say goodbye. And in this funny way, my family taught me that it is right and it is good to honor that sadness because it is a reflection of the love that's been shared. And this little word goodbye, it's like a signal. It's like a signal to say, I'm not abandoning you. I'm not deserting you. I will absolutely mourn our absence. Even if that absence is quite brief in the whole scheme of eternity. My body may be gone, but my love remains. And that sound that you hear will be me cheering you on from the corner. So it is a real good thing to say goodbye, to make some space to honor what has been, what is, and what will be. And as followers of God in the way of Jesus, in times of goodbye, in times of transition, in times of parting, we may mourn, but we do not mourn without hope because God is redeeming and restoring all things. This is the gospel, God is making all things new. And that's a promise to cling to in times of grief. Even in the saddest times that you face in life, God is redeeming your broken story and my broken story. And in the, in the end, in the final analysis, everything sad will be untrue because in the end, when we reach eternity's shore, 
we will be overcome by a divine love and light that's so much deeper and so much wider than any one of us could ever imagine. So even in our sadness, we look forward to that day. Even in our struggle and pain, we long for that day. We yearn for it. That day when God will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will be no more pain. That word goodbye, it's not actually in the Bible. It's that word that originated from a phrase because when people used to part ways, they wouldn't say goodbye. They would say, God be with you. And the word goodbye came from that phrase, God be with you. And so today we don't really say goodbye. We say, God be with you. And we do it in the best way we know how. We want to say it again and again. You know, God be with you, Platte Park Church. God be with you as we say to you, we love you. As we say to you, please forgive us as we forgive you. And as we say, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So many gifts today and always. So first we say we love you. Well, we love you, Play Park Church. Things we love about you, so many, and we are going to keep this list short because we're going to try to be short, even though it's one service. <clears throat> but one thing I really love about you all is how you've been scrappy. You have figured out how to do things around here on the dime and on the fly and figuring it out, right? And there's something that has happened here, and I think it's what God has done here is to create this thing where we have refurbished old things, right? What is Platte Park? Who are you? Is You've refurbished old things. I mean, this building is just the one physical example of refurbishing and making new. But also we've taken songs and hymns and kept them and made them new. You know, we've taken the stories and the liturgies of the scriptures and made them new by our participation with them. There has been a very fun resurrection of the potluck, right? <laughs> what I love about you is that you all have gathered and done these things which are very much church and have made it real and have done all these fun things as the place of gathering. In Jesus' name, here, and then as you go out, elsewhere. So thank you for all that you've done to resurrect hymns and and make all the stories of scriptures come alive again love that another thing i love about you is you platte park have prioritized people over positions you've prioritized relationship over positions and position papers and in a highly polarized world so many people are choosing churches based on politics and voting blocks, and so many churches are using their platforms to advance things that just are not core to salvation. I'm not saying they're unimportant, but too often Christians, churches are rallying around things that are peripheral to the gospel, that we may find we differ on now, but we'll share eternity together one day, creating lines in the sand for who's in and who's out, but you, Platte Park Church, in the heart of urban Denver, have been a people who have sought over and over and over again to live out those words of the Apostle Paul when he said, I resolve to know nothing except Christ crucified. You have kept the main thing the main thing. You have been returning over and over and over again to the centrality of the death, life, and resurrection of Jesus. 
And you know what that means? You've kept Christ at the center of all that you see and all that you do. And I love that about you. I really do. The other thing I love about you, again, like Tim said, we could go on and on about this for days, but I love that you have prioritized children, youth, and families. Kids, they're not just like the church of tomorrow. They're a vital part of the church, this church, today. And uh, since the inception of this place, you have prioritized ministry to children, youth, and families, and God honors that, and our world is made better by that, and I love that about you. Well, I also love your creativity. I think as we've talked so many times over the years about how God is the creator, the creator of the universe and holds things together, how at the very beginning God would, was hovering over the deep and using imagination to figure out all the things that would be created. And such great creativity. We have participated in that. And you have been made in God's image. And that has been demonstrated in your creativity and your, your value on creating beauty here and in your lives and in the circles of influence that you have. You've prioritized creativity and being a part of what God is doing in this world. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. You know, as we look around and see the creativity of fun events, of reimagining the story together, of creating art and creating life, this has not been a cookie-cutter church experience. And I'm very proud of you all for that because there's something unique about Platte Park Church in the creativity. And way back in the day, somebody tagged us as a boutique church, right? Because we were not a cookie-cutter church that just is pressing out people but hopefully doing the active work of letting each person made in the image of God be who God created you to be and do the things God prepared in advance for you to do in your life and to do that together. So I am so happy about all the, the things of care and beauty and the transcendence that has happened here. I love that about you. And I love that as people have come in here, so many people have said it just feels like a home space, welcoming and loving. And that's because of all of you. So I love that about you. Well, we can go on and on, of course, about things we love about Platte Park Church and all of you, but we are going to move to being sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> Another real important part of transitions and partings and goodbyes and even end-of-life moments, is to say, I'm sorry, and please forgive me as I forgive you. One thing I've learned about those words is they're usually more of a process than a one-time event. So I guess what I want to really say is, I'm sorry for the ways I've let you down, and I ask for your forgiveness. I also extend you my forgiveness. And to the degree that those words might only be partially true for either of us today, I'm committed to living into them and the process of forgiveness until interior freedom is found. Now, for some of you, those words may not even be needed. You're like, what? Because no offense has 
taken place. For others of you, perhaps you've experienced hurt or have inflicted harm, and perhaps this will be a process. But for all of us in life, not just in moments like this, but in all of life, in times of change, in times of transition, it's important to remember together, to recall, we are followers of God in the way of Jesus. And a part of that is to learn to pray as Jesus prayed. And Jesus prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, obviously, <laughs> he is God and we are not. But a real important part of the life of faith for all of us is the practice of forgiveness. And sometimes that begins with just forgiving yourself. Learning to accept that you are a mere mortal like everybody else. And so you are in need of forgiveness and so am I. The other part is learning to accept that your enemy, real or imagined, small or large, your enemy is a mere mortal too. And forgiveness is extending to the other that benevolent gift. That's what you do. You extend to the other that benevolent gift that says, I see that you are human too. And part of being human is we disappoint one another. And as a follower of God in the way of Jesus, I choose to release you from the debt of pain, small or large, that your actions has brought to me. I give you the gift of forgiveness, not just for your sake, but for mine, so that we both might move forward together in freedom. Tim and I are a part of a cohort right now. It's with the Kineo Center, and it's a, it's a cohort um, really for weary pastors coming out of COVID. Uh, it's just been a fabulous experience. Started in October, goes through April. We're with other lead pastors around the U.S. and Canada. And one of the guys uh, we met in this group, his name is Dan. He was a pastor out in New York. And um, he told this story and the story was that one time uh, there was a couple in his church, and that couple lost their dog. Their dog died. And they reached out to the church, and Dan was the pastor, and they reached out on a day when he and his family had gone to take a picnic at a nearby lake, like a much-needed family break. And so someone from their blessing team went to the home of the family who just had this loss. Now, if you've ever lost a, a dear pet, you know how traumatic that event can be. And uh, so this, you know, person from the church went and um, to, to be with the family on that day. And the next Sunday when Dan saw that couple, he said to them, you know, I I'm so sorry for your loss. And he instantly could feel from them the coldness, the distance. And this couple said to Dan, what kind of pastor? doesn't show up himself, but sends someone else. And they later left the church carrying that pain with them. And, you know, on the receiving end of those words for Dan, as a pastor, um, the words, what kind of pastor, I mean, they just pierced his heart. They were like, he said they were like a, um, like a sliver under the nail or a sliver under the skin that got all infected. He just kept rehearsing, what kind of pastor, you know, what kind of pastor, what kind of pastor? And to me, hearing his story, it's like such a picture 
of being human. It is such a picture to me of the ways in which we bump into one another. Just some ordinary humans, right? Like there's really no bad guys in that situation whatsoever. There's no bad guys. It's just some ordinary people dealing with grief as best they can. The pain that comes up in the context of relationships when we disappoint one another. Everyone is actually probably doing the very best that they can, and yet pain still happens. Hurt still happens. And if we're going to move through these normal moments of life, these ordinary bumps from being human, forgiveness is needed. I remember hearing Richard Rohr talk about this. Uh, one time I was listening to an audio, and he was telling a story about you know, guiding as a Catholic priest, guiding people through last rites, the ritual that's facilitated by a priest for people on their deathbed. And after having done this many, many times with different people, he found himself at the deathbed of his father with his mother there. And he said his dad was actually unresponsive and his mom was there and he's going through the last rites liturgy and he got to the part of forgiveness. He got to the part where those present say, please forgive me as I forgive you. And his mom said, I cannot do that. I cannot do that. She was not willing to say the words, please forgive me as I forgive you. There had not been in their relationship, there had not been any affair or abuse or addiction. There was no major thing. It was just the normal accumulation of pain and hurt that a couple sometimes builds up over many years of life together. And she just couldn't do it. And she was just stuck there for a while. Finally, though, he said, out of duty and obligation more than anything, she said the words to her husband as he lay there dying. And Richard Rohr said that once she did that, something opened up. She told her son, Richard Rohr, later, she told him that it was as if there had been a dam blocking the flow of water through her body, almost as if there was a sieve getting all clogged up and backed up with junk. And once she said those words, the flow returned inside of her. She told him she could feel it inside of herself. And it was a powerful moment for Father Rohr, as a priest, to witness the power of those words. Even when they were said, you know, out of duty, <laughs> kind of only wrote, not very heartfelt, partially sincere at best. Forgiveness is kind of one of those places in the spiritual life where we can actually choose to commit to trust the process of it, I mean, even when we don't want to, kind of like exercise for the physical body, right? Like you might not see results right away, but if you stick with it, you will. Forgiveness is kind of like that. We will find over time, it, it becomes true that there is a greater interior freedom, that that can be restored, but it will not be restored without forgiveness. And since this topic, of course, could be like a whole sermon series, and this is just a brief message today, we thought it might be best to just borrow the words from this old liturgy that was written 
for times just like this moment today. And so this is called the service of farewell and Godspeed for pastor and congregation. So now let us begin with the words of this liturgy. You'll find some parts where the pastor has a part and the people have a part. We invite you to speak those words out loud together. So our church family is ever-changing. Loved ones are born into the family, and loved ones come to the end of their lives. Individuals come and go in our church life, and it is important and right that we recognize these times of passage, of endings and beginnings. And today we celebrate the gifts we have shared together in this community of faith. Hear Paul's words, written to the Ephesians, that each of you is given grace according to the measure of Christ's gifts. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity to the measure of the full stature of Christ. Ephesians 4 says, So Christ gave himself, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. So today, we share in this time of farewell. As our time as pastors here comes to an end, we were installed as your pastors. And at our installation as the ministers of word and sacrament of this congregation, we heard the scriptures and we made vows to one another. Susie and I were charged to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to instruct from the word of God, to admonish to comfort, to reprove. We promise to administer the sacraments, to share responsibility for our mutual Christian growth, and to exercise Christian love and discipline. We were charged to be a loyal witness to the Reformed Church in America and to further its mission in the world. And you, in turn, promised to receive the word of truth we proclaimed and to receive with cheer to the pastoral care we provided. You promised to encourage us and pray for us, to participate and work with us, and to financially care for us. Paul's words remind us today, even as he reminded the Ephesians, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. I thank you, my brothers and sisters, for the love, kindness, and support shown to us these past 14 plus years. I am grateful for the ministry we have shared together. 
With joy, I recall what we accomplished with God's help so much. <laughs> Good. With sadness, I recall those dreams not fulfilled. I ask your forgiveness for mistakes made and expectations not met. Together. Together we say. We offer our forgiveness and celebrate all that God has accomplished among us. We are grateful for your ministry, for your influence on our lives. We ask for your forgiveness for mistakes made and for expectations not met. I receive your gratitude and forgive your shortcomings, and I release you from the vows and promises made at our installation. Together Again, together. We release you from your promises to us, and we offer you our blessing as you leave to minister elsewhere. Would you join us in prayer? Oh God, you have bound us together for a time as pastors and people to work for your church in this place. We give you thanks for the ministry we have shared. God, we give you thanks for your patience with us. Despite our blindness and slowness of heart, we thank you for your forgiveness and mercy when we have failed. We especially thank you for your never-failing presence with us through these years and for the deepened knowledge of you and of each other. And Heavenly Father, we give thanks for those who have been joined to this part of Christ's family through baptism. We thank you for opening our hearts and minds again and again to your word and for feeding us abundantly at your table. We remember those who have gone before and we look with hope toward those who will come. Now we pray, be with our family and with this congregation. Grant that all of us, by drawing closer to you, God, may always be close to each other in the communion of saints. All of this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Last but not least, you guys. <laughs> I need some of those. <laughs> I want to take your picture. <laughs> I'm taking your picture in my mind. <laughs> want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you for being a part of this place. Thank you for loving our family. Thank you for listening to my sermons. <laughs> reading my articles, being a part of our groups and retreats, seminars. Thank you to all the young people here as for your vitality for God and for justice. Thank you to the middle-aged people. <laughs> I am one with you. Thank you for your faithfulness in the sometimes long middle. 
thank you, old people, for not giving up on God, for not giving up on God's church, for being a source of wisdom and hope to all of us. Thank you, staff, for all that you do. You are the best of the best. And this church is lucky to have you. I am honored to have called you colleagues and to have called you friends. Thank you, elders, for the unseen weight that you bear. It's a noble thing to care for a church. And I'm grateful for the care, the leadership, the prayer, the presence that you're given to this place. Thank you, church, for being the church, for giving your time and your heart and your money and your spirit and your scrappiness and your ideas and your passion to this place. And as I step away physically, my love remains. And that sound you hear will be me cheering you on. Platt Park, God be with you in every chapter of your unfolding story. Yes. Thank you. Said the other day, we literally grew up here and have known some of you since we were 26 years old. <laughs> what children we were. So we're sorry. You had to grow up with us. Um, thank you for putting up with all my shenanigans. And uh, I'm sorry for them, some of those too. I thank you for endlessly putting up with the bubbling ideas and trying to reuse and recycle and reinvent. Thank you for participating in all of that. Uh, thank you for all the work days we did. I just remember all the pews moved away and we put down this floor together. <laughs> Such a good participation together. Thank you. And thank you for all the events that you participated in and you did. Even when I won the green chili cooking contest as the only <laughs> participant in the green chili I won. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. Thank you for participating and going along. And thank you for all your volunteering. It's amazing to think about the things that God has done to equip so many people here to do things here, yes, and to go out in your lives and to do the many things God had prepared for you to do. Thank you for all of your volunteering. Thank you for opening up a well in Rwanda. That was pretty good times. And thank you for coming to small groups. I mean, the heart and life of community and gathering has been the small groups. And I have learned so much from all of you. So thank you. And thank you for drinking coffee with me and eating lunch with me and sharing your burdens with me. And I hope that as we talked all those times that you felt God's presence in those conversations as well.
and thank you for your tithes and offerings to create all of this, to pay us, to keep these things going. It's a significant thing. And also, thank you for greeting me out front. I mean, it's going to be sad. But you could have chose any other door, but you came to my door. Thank you. I like Wendell Berry, and he has a poem from Standing by Words, and here's a part of it. He wrote, when, you, when we no longer know which way to go, we have come to our real journey. The impeded stream is the one that sings. And I love Wendell Berry, but I love this because we got to participate in finding the way and creating the map. And every time we came to a difficulty or an unknown and we didn't know the way to go, we turned as a church. You turned to Jesus, the leader of the church who took us forward and guided the way. And through those difficulties, it's the real reminder that the impeded stream is the one that sings, right? The, the rocks piled up in the river interrupt the flow, but that's where the sound is made. And all those difficulties and the things that we have come through, thank you. Now hear and receive this blessing. Unto God's gracious mercy, we commit you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace, both this day and forever. May the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the friendship and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and henceforth. Platt Park Church, God be with you. Amen. Amen.